From APM, American Public Media, and WNYC, this is Freakonomics Radio on Marketplace. Here's the host of Marketplace, Kai Rizdahl. It's time once again for a little bit of Freakonomics Radio. Every couple of weeks, we talk to Stephen Dubner, the co-author of the books and the blog of the same name. This time, though, a special treat, the other co-author, Stephen Levitt. Gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Kai. Great to be here. So, Dubner, you are not in New York. You have gone uh, uh, to the city of Big Shoulders, uh, Chicago, with your comrade yeah. there, Mr. Yeah, Levitt. I've come out to Chicago to try to persuade uh, Levitt to run for president, because I thought <laughs> okay. it would be fun. We have a guy from Chicago already, I, you know. Well, I know, but you know, we've talked before on this show about how the president of the United States doesn't really matter that much. So I figure even if Levitt stinks, it, it wouldn't be any great loss. And unlike most economists, he'll admit that the president can't control or even predict the economy very well. But there are some useful things he actually does know about. For instance, what causes uh, crime to rise and fall? All right, Levitt, do tell. What do you know? <laughs> what do you know about crime? Well, let me start by saying I absolutely categorically and not running for president. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry if about If nominated, that. I will not run. If That's elected, right. I will not serve. That's right. When it comes to crime, uh, one thing that I think I know that many people seem not to know is that crime has gone down, way down. And while many people are, are haunted by the thought that crime is high and rising, it categorically is not doing that. Yeah, I mean, contrary to popular belief, the world is a more peaceful place today than literally at any time in history by a long, long shot. I'm going to need something better than long, long shot. Quantify for me, Doug. All right. So the Harvard psychology professor Steven Pinker has just published a new book called The Better Angels of Our Nature, Why Violence Has Declined. Huh. And he argues that our rosy view of history is, is pretty much entirely wrong. In uh, tribal societies, hunter-gatherers and hunter-horticulturalists, an average of about 15% of people met their ends through violence. In the 20th century, if you try to come up with the highest estimate you can, combining all the wars, all the genocides, all the man-made famines, you get to about 3%. So that's that's 3% of non-natural, right? I mean, people who met their deaths by other means, right? Yeah, violent. And he's including there, you know, man-made famines, famines caused by civil war, whatnot. And keep in mind also in the 20th century, we had mechanized weapons. So killing becomes easier. That early violence was carried out in much more rudimentary ways. Here's Pinker again (laughs) talking about 16th and 17th century England. Samuel Pepys in his diary talks about going to the town square and watching a a general being drawn and quartered. And in the next sentence, he talks about going to a pub and having some oysters. Uh, It was such a routine part of his day. In the era of Henry VIII, uh, I think uh, 10 people were executed a a week. Ouch. So, (laughs) Levitt, what's the trend, though? I mean, America in, in 20th, 21st century, how are we doing? Well, we've been doing pretty well lately. There, there was a very, uh, you know, auspicious trend from the 60s to roughly 1990 with crime going up and up and up. But, but over the last two decades, crime in the U.S. has fallen in half. How come? Well, I think there are really three factors that explain most of it. And the first is just we've dramatically increased the prison population. There are now 3 million people behind bars in the United States, up from maybe 500,000. We've hired a lot of police as well. That's another factor that matters. And uh, a third factor people think a lot about and that that seems to be important is the rise and fall of the crack cocaine Mm -hmm. markets and the violent associated with that. That the the rise in the the late 80s led to a lot of increase in crime and then the decline uh, with the falling apart of those markets. And 
And I have my own pet theory, and not that many people agree with me, but I do think the data support it, which is that the, the legalization of abortion in the 1970s led many of the people most at risk for crime never to have been born. Mm. And so when they would have grown up 20 years later, they just weren't here to do the crimes. All right, but Dubner, make the connection for me between uh, a lousy economy and crime, because you'd think it would go up. You would think. And even though the evidence argues against it over and over again, smart people still think that it will. So crime actually fell during the Great Depression when the economy was in in the toilet. Now, that was in part because prohibition had ended. Crime spiked during the 1960s when the economy was booming. And in this most recent recession, despite a lot of predictions to the contrary, violent crime has continued to fall against really, you know, all the smart money bet against it. If there's one bet, you know you will win. Yeah. It is a bet that the next time that crime falls when the economy is bad, the headline of the New York Times article that talks about crime falling will say, in spite of everyone's prediction, <laughs> because of right. the poor economy, that crime would rise, crime has fallen. It's You can see the same sentence written 14 times by the New York Times. Levitt, let me ask you this question, though, because if you go out there and ask people today, ask 10 people on the corner of the street outside my studio here in Los Angeles today, they will probably say that year over year crime is getting worse. And yet your data shows it's not. What's that about? I think people in general are terrible at assessing risks, that we very naturally overestimate dramatic things. So come to death, uh, as an example. Things like airplane crashes or terrorist attacks are very vivid and attract a lot of attention, whereas we systematically understate the likelihood of dying from those kind of deaths which are slow and silent and involve wasting away. Those don't make the headlines, and so we don't really think of the risk associated with, say, eating way too many cheeseburgers the same way we do (laughs) as uh, being uh, shot out of the sky by missiles hitting airplanes. Freakonomicsradio.com is the website. Stephen Dubner, Stephen Levitt. Thanks, you guys. Talk to you soon, Guy. Guy.